Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The American Males. The American Males! <laughs> who can say Hogan in their time of need? It's the strippers. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! Welcome to the greatest hour in Andrew's body. It's the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. Hello, you. My name is Tom Campbell. I'm with Sound Driver in a very, very appropriate shirt if you're watching on the Patreon. I'm not going to tell you what it is if you're not, so. No, you should be subscribed. Yeah. You have to be, I know. That's it. Yeah, yeah, Time's tight. Do what you to need actually to do. see us now, you, you know, it, it's. It's very exclusive. It, it is indeed. My eyes aren't for every man. No, I'm wearing a Gunther t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, uh, that, that genuinely rocked my world yesterday when Gunther... I didn't even know he wasn't very well. Yeah. Devastating. Just he was 59. Jeebus. Mm. Sad time. But that's a great t-shirt. Big fan of that. So we send our best to the family of Gunther. I know they're big fans of the Classic Review. Uh, and also, if you're watching on the podcast, uh, if on the, on the Patreon feed, Sam's got new hair. Yeah, new, it's it's uh, it, it's it's like a smoky silvery color, but it's gonna get lighter as I wash it more, obviously. So yeah, I like it. It's quite it. dark right now, but aren't we all? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what made you decide to to change your hair up? Uh, well, I mean, it was growing out, just growing out. So I needed just... to bleach it again, but because I've kind of bleached oh. it and colored it before, the ends go a bit darker. So. Take it darker. The ends were kind of silvery gray anyway. Take it mm. darker, make everything kind of darker, and then it'll all wash out together and settle. Is there any other any hair color away from silver that you'd like to try? I, I just like having kind of light hair now, but I just, you know, I might just start putting up a pole. Ooh. I'm not going multicolor, I'll tell you that much, but I'll, I'll, I'll do peach. I'll do, uh, I'm not going orange. Just can't do orange. It's not mm. happening. No? Nah. You quite suit orange. I've had teal hair. Have you? Yeah, I had teal my, hair for the end of SmackDown graded. My brain had to I remember what blue teal hair, was. Blue hair, blue t-shirt, blue jeans. That's blue a commitment tie. to the brand. And then and then they went and, and farted out an episode that wasn't that great for my farewell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you showed more commitment to the SmackDown brand than probably a lot of people on SmackDown did. I, I loved doing graded. You know, I loved especially 205 in NXT because it was like 205 was the secret nobody else was... Yeah. Really putting any attention on it was like, well, fuck you guys. I'm having a great time every week. <laughs> My first graded experience was when you do 205 and NXT. Yeah. And then I started getting chucked in the middle to do NXT UK. Yes. Yeah. My my early days into yeah, the world I of great to you and you throw back to me. Yeah, we I didn't got... always get it right. We didn't. <laughs> but you know what? Who does? What a time graded was. Better presenters. <laughs> <laughs> they, I mean, 
mean that. A, li- a little bit of that. I maybe. mean, not you, me mainly. It was me just forgetting to throw to you. <laughs> You'd just be all of a sudden, they were like, yeah, and then, uh, I mean, that was such a great main event. Hello, welcome <laughs> to <laughs> NXT UK. <laughs> Cuts a weird bloke pulling tea bags out of his jacket every oh, week God, for a yeah. bit. Yeah, I'd be picking tea bags out of my shoes. You're welcome, mate. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, but look, we're not here to talk about wrestling of that era. We're talking about wrestling from 1995. Yeah, much, much more refined time all it's, around. It's, uh, <laughs> Yeah. certainly is. So uh, yesterday you listened to the Classic Raw review for the 2nd of October 1995. And uh, our, we are living in perfect synchronicity because this is the Nitro that went up against it. Yes. And uh, it, there's a fun little game for everybody tonight. You're not allowed to look at the card. You're not allowed to watch the episode beforehand. No. What you got to do is just guess along with us <laughs> which legend, which actual wrestling legend, and is a legend at the time, gets a total jobber's entrance tonight. Oh, fun game. <laughs> we will get to it. So let's take a little look at um, at the real world at this point in October the 2nd, 1995. Really important day for British music. Yeah. Do you know what that might be, Sam? I don't know. Hit it... me with it. Uh, it's the day that Oasis released What's the Story, Morning Glory. Ah, all right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Until Adele's 21 rocked up. Uh, it had the highest number of platinum certifications at 14. It did very, yeah. very well for them. Yeah. Uh, the song Wonderwall inspired by uh, an instrumental album that George Harrison wrote. Have I ever told you about my experience with Wonderwall every week? No. So where I live, there are a lot of bars nearby, and uh, there's an alleyway, and I live in like this street. And uh, on the, my street, you kind of it's between a couple of sets of bars. But there are buskers, and some of the buskers will just play random stuff all night. There's people that just do all sorts of different things. But there's one guy who's got like five Brit rock, well, sorry, Brit pop classics, uh, and Wonderwall is, of course, the last one. Now, what he does is he finds all these people who are pissed and having, you know, the most important night out of their lives no. um, and starts playing Wonderwall. And then they're all like singing along with it and going ape shit for it. Then they walk away, go to a different bar. He walks to the other end of the street, does the same thing, and then just walks to piss people back up the street. <laughs> so he just gets all these people having this massively unique experience to them, like going, oh my God. And then he played Wonderwall and we were all singing along. And it's like, wow. motherfucker, there have been 40 groups of you all night. Go into a bar and sing Wonderwall, please. Just go at the pop world. Go anywhere. There's plenty of places in the city centre. Go there. He's like the guys are at Universal <laughs> He's Studios. Smart, though. He's smart, though. Just oh, yeah. Up the same four or five songs. Make a load of money. He knows the audience, doesn't he? And he takes them away from the other buskers, who then try and do it, and everybody's a bit like, eh. So he does sound like one of those actors at Universal that would be on like Jaws the Ride, and they'd stand there all day and do that same bit of dialogue. That's it. For yeah, every group that it's went like by. He's just, he's just waiting for those first three songs to kind of fart off mm. and then he plays Wonderwall and everybody gives him a load of money and then he just repeats the same process that's amazing yeah look out oh, okay if you live um, that's near where you live yeah right okay so if, there's it, probably one in every city though I just find oh, it amazing yeah. that all these people are having a very unique experience they probably <laughs> talk about the next day and it's like probably about 500 of you had it nothing's unique <laughs> anymore you've all been lied to fun factoid from uh what's the story morning glory the gallagher brothers fell out because they both wanted really? to really i know right imagine oh. such a thing they both wanted to do lead vocals on don't look back in anger eventually noel did it on the promise that liam could do wonderwall <laughs> And they never <laughs> argued again. No, that was it. That was, you know, famously it. 
Elsewhere in the music world, uh, Stipley Red's Fairground was number one in the UK in the singles chart. Well, not for much longer. Here comes Oasis. Yeah. Charging down the road. There goes Simply Red. <laughs> Off into the and sun. I love the thought of going home to you. Uh, and Mariah Carey's Fantasy is number one in the US, which is lovely. Um, if you're a video game fan, this will pass me by, but I'll give it a nod in case it's one of yours, one of your faves. Secrets of Evermore was released for the snares. Yeah. Did 81% I, on game rankings. No idea what it is, but I'll have a look. Uh, RPG from Square. Ooh, They're always very good. Okay. Well, yeah, they've got, you know, only, you know, a semi-legendary track record. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> say it's, you know, that impressive that they released, you know, all of the games I ever loved, but... Uh... <laughs> they, they did all right in Sam's yeah. book, basically. They did all right. Uh, from the wrestling world, um, the ratings from last week are in. Mm-hmm. Raw scored a 1.9. Mm-hmm. And Nitro scored a 2.7. Nice. So it's okay. a win. Nitro off to the races. Win for double E and the lads. Uh, Vince is uh, crying foul, saying Nitro is costing WCW $150,000 a week, and they simply cannot afford to keep up by doing live shows. Yes, but but Vince, the, the problem there is that Ted Turner fucking hates you. <laughs> and Ted Turner's got more money than, than you know anybody could do anything with. Yeah. So it doesn't like if if I was Ted Turner and Vince had pissed me off like that, I would have just been like, have five hundred k a week. Yeah, don't upset <laughs> Ted Turner <laughs> unless you're Jane Fonda, in which case, go for it. Um, Steve Austin has turned up in ECW. It is on this particular week Why in do the we wrestling. Keep talking world. about this, nobody. I just what's I, he done of note? What's he done of note so well, far? Well, he got people talking. This nobody known as Steve Austin uh, doing a, a, a lampoon of Hulk Hogan. What in some bingo hall? In some bingo hall called. The <laughs> who st- saw that? Like six hundred people and twenty people who were up at four a.m. Twenty people and some change. He's got no legs. Where's he going? <laughs> Get back to being a mechanic or something. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Meltzer says there were more people upset than you'd think about Steve Austin in ECW mocking Hulk Hogan. I thought maybe just Hulk Hogan and then maybe Jimmy Hart. Well, no, because if Hulk's upset, then, of course, you know, Brutai's got to be upset. That's Jimmy, of true. course, is upset. Uh, Bubba the Love Sponge somewhere let out a solitary tear like it was a littering <laughs> advert. Uh, you know, there, there was just a lot going on that day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's just very cruel of him to have done that. If you ever want an example... What's, what's, what's Big Terry ever done? <laughs> What have Steve Austin and Hulk Hogan ever done (laughs) for the wrestling world? It's a very good question, actually. (laughs) This moves on perfectly to another wrestling legend. If you ever want an example that Ted Turner has too much money, uh, WCW are after Tatanka. Nice, yeah. Uh, In an interview with Sports Kida uh, conducted a few months back, Tatanka said, Eric Bischoff planned on me being at a WCW Monday Nitro episode. I was going to be in the audience, and that's where it all began. But it had to stop there because I had to tell him I can't do anything because, one, I'm currently on contract. I'm getting ready to come off contract, but I'm on contract right now, and I can't do anything. He told me I was going to be on Nitro sitting in the crowd, and there was going to be an altercation, and that's where it was going to begin. So that was the plan, he says. But there was a... And they try to... It's fine. Kevin Sullivan has that covered in this episode. He's... Oh, oh, he has a great plan. You know, why bring in Tatonka... When when you can just get the taskmaster to do it. Uh, no, can one... you imagine if it was just a one spot little interrupter match? Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's the Indian Never man that we again. cannot name. Uh, on the WCW hotline, they actually tease that Tatanka's contract is coming to an end. Yes, and this prompts a nasty legal letter from from WWF to WCW because like because obviously they've had this chat with Tatanka. Tatanka's like, I'm under contract. Yeah, so they're just gear just just well, greasing the wheels. It's basically just a, an entire. It's it's a game of 
of kind of fake out, isn't it? Because it's yeah. like, well, you know his contract's up. Have you been talking to somebody who's under contract with us while they're under contract there? You've been breaking the rules there. Mm. And, and it's just sort of, yeah. I mean, WWE will be hot for that even now, I'd imagine, with that kind of stuff, if it was, you know, that important during the current war. You'd imagine they would be. And, then, and I'm yeah. sure there'll be many stories that we'll tell about this current war. Yes. And that sort of thing. I believe as well, the OJ verdict was getting read on this day. It was indeed. It was OJ. It was the day after this particular the day after. Nitro. I was going to say because it's mentioned. Because Mon- Monday Night Raw, uh, actually on the Raw that we are up against for this Nitro, yeah. is dominated by a WWF fan poll. Is OJ Simpson guilty or not guilty? And the winner of the poll, selected at random, gets a free white <laughs> Ford Bronco <laughs> and helicopter chase. They they did. They this need thing. the B roll. <laughs> they need the B roll. You know they need it. That's very true. They they <laughs> donated the money from the hotline for this this poll that this weird poll they did <laughs> to uh, a a charity for um, for children who have been victims of abuse. Yes. The the charity said we didn't ask for your help with this. We yes. don't want to be associated with your weird-ass poll. And they had to apologise and give a lot of refunds. Ooh, so they were using the charity's logo and stuff and all of that on TV? I didn't see the logo on the TV, but they, they named the charity oh, on the TV without I mean, saying, could, can we raise money for you? You could just say it was going to a, a multitude of charities that mm. deal with X, Y, or Z. That's all they should have done if they knew it was going to be that controversial. And of course it was going to be that fucking controversial. It was a murder case. <laughs> it was such a weird decision by Vince McMahon to go, this is, what we're gonna, this is what's going to dominate our show by the way the raw audience said oj simpson was not guilty 51 percent well i mean <laughs> well done you got it right but I, it, it definitely wasn't right <laughs> yes it was it was a it was a close call or if you're into uk politics an overwhelming majority apparently yes and concrete grows <laughs> concrete you can just grow it have you seen that today <laughs> i've heard about this yeah. today so i fucking hate our media <laughs> i fucking hate them it's becoming literally like it's like watching an episode of brass eye or monkey dust like life is descending into this dystopic fucking hell <laughs> <laughs> to the point where, like, I now turn on the news sometimes on a morning, and I, the second I hear Richard fucking Madeley's voice, who the fuck wants to hear from him? <laughs> Nobody wanted to hear from him in the 90s with his miserable wife sat next to him. Nobody <laughs> wanted to hear it. And he's, he's like back. A... Fucking Piers Morgan, then nah, are you for real? That's, that's, I mean, when Richard Madeley is the better option. Just just cancel. Just cancel the news. Roll memes. I'd fucking watch that ITV. <laughs> just a series of gifts on a morning instead. Yeah, just give me some cat memes. Channel 4 got the right idea many years ago when they just started replaying Frasier. Mm-hmm. And then when it finished, they, they kind of restarted it again. Cocked it up a bit with Everybody Loves Raymond. I don't need that You're not a fan of Everybody it's, Loves Raymond. I can watch it, but you know, it's not Fraser. Oh, of course it's not, but I think they, they had to put a little something. There when I so- was off school sick, look, you had two episodes of Fraser, it was banging, and then you'd get Everybody Loves Raymond for like an hour, and it was like, oh, I'll watch it, but I, didn't mind I was having much. fun before. But every so- <laughs> I'm, I'm Ray, and it's just sort of the same thing every episode. Yeah, it's like, oh no, something's happened. And then, you know, the whole joke goes on far too long, and then his brother goes, I remember when I had a job, My and then looks brother. at his feet. And then the, the whole canned audience goes ape shit. It's like two and a half men. It just my brain is too bombarded with so many things. It's like what? That's, you've pretty much described an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. <laughs> pretty spot. But sometimes on Channel 
Channel 4, instead of Everybody Loves Raymond, you get King of Queens. And that was where I fell over. I, do, I wasn't kind like of watching King too Queens. much of that stuff around that time. I said it, it looked kind of all right, but then I, I just heard people go, that's shit. And I was like, all right, fine. I'll not watch it. Didn't like it. But there's an idea for a TV channel. Just get rid of all your news, rolling news footage, and just, yeah. just play everybody. Just play Frasier. Just get one of your staff members absolutely bollocksed. Get them really <laughs> bollocksed and just sit them down with YouTube for three hours on a morning. And the only rule is they've just got to keep playing stuff. <laughs> Let's end on some lighter <laughs> wrestling news before we get into Nitro. Uh, Akira Hokuto and Kensuke Sasaki got married this week. Nice. They got married the day before this episode of Nitro. It was the biggest wrestling news in Japan this week. Major celebrities from Japan, uh, from the world of music and film, were part of the wedding. Also, Inoki was there, of course, and Aja Kong, Bull Nakano, Muto, Hashimoto, Toyota, Great Sasuke, Jushin Liger, Hayabusa, we're all there for the wedding and apparently and then and, and this is something that jackkins told me on the raw review apparently they got com- there were complaints in the hotel they were staying in after the wedding because their love making was so loud and incredible. constant throughout the night incredible yeah now that that can only have happened because they definitely definitely had a secret wedding rumble didn't they <laughs> they definitely had a secret wedding rumble and and he won and, and it all went yeah you know big time big time <laughs> We are in Denver for Monday Night Show this week. Um, all the signs apparently were confiscated before people entered the building. Even like the pro WCW ones, they they got rid of a lot of them. So, signs and in, so once they got into the building, fans were fa- signs were handed out by WCW as they Those entered. Carney motherfuckers, it's so carny. <laughs> but this is where the fans are clever little chickens because the fans brought magic markers with them. Yes. So quite a few people had Lip written the on the back. <laughs> I was wondering why the front row, there were so many signs just sort of tucked in under the mat as if people had just gone, eh, and just lifted the mat and discarded them. They were all, they were they had handwritten signs of like yeah. WCW's best. Roy's Eric Bischoff shit. has a massive car. <laughs> yeah. 20 of them, weirdly. <laughs> Uh, but then it was uh, so David Crockett, the uh, you know re, you know part of the the chronic the Crockett dynasty, yes, uh, had the job that night of just monitoring the crowd and taking away any, any defamatory signs. <laughs> this is the world we live that. in. He's just walking around, just I don't like that one. That one just says Lex on it. Does that mean he's good or he's bad? <laughs> Give idiot. <laughs> My dad. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric Bischoff, Bobby Heenan, Mongo McMichael, and of course. Uh, everybody's favourite tarantula are on commentary this yes. week. Slight adjustment to commentary this week, which I absolutely love the bones off. Do you know what that was? Is it the riser and the crowd? Yeah, we yes. can now. So now instead of facing that weird grey wall, yeah, we'd have they're a black, facing the crowd. We'd have like a black curtain, wouldn't we? Yeah. And a bit of depth there. You could tell there was a bit of depth there and you could tell they were somewhere prominent in the arena, but mm. it just never really felt right. And this is... This is like one of the most iconic commentary booths. It might be my favorite commentary booth of all time. I love it. It's just because yeah. it makes it look big. That's it. Like they're they're literally right in the corner, shooting mm. outwards, but it, it's packed. And and, it's you, and you, awesome. I thought you'll appreciate stuff like this because obviously you did stuff with WCPW and you worked yeah. and you, and you were you were part of the crew that made everything look big and like the production team behind that when it, when you could. Yeah, when we could. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, A lot of instances where we were in smaller venues and there was just no hope. But mm. you know, it, it's just you've got to. And I mean, a lot of the time, we, you know, we were so busy, we couldn't even really think about stuff like this. But it's just when you have that sort of venue of that size and you don't want to show off the audience, what are you doing? Mm. It's like WWE even have them ringside with, you know, a ground shot so you can still see people behind. 
And when you've got, it's sort of like when we were doing our first promos, it was all just kind of against flat. And it was like, well, what's the point of doing it against flat? Yeah. It's just very meh when you see it. You want to make it feel like like the whole world is there, don't yeah. you? And it's things like this, like having that white hot crowd behind you as you're opening the show. It's like it already looks bigger than Raw. But this is it. They've they've got good TV minds. They've got you know mm. the the Seth Def certainly getting the houses in to do something like that. So I think you know it, it's definitely up there from the visual standpoint. It's incredible. There's not been anything like it. I think that really sells the scale of a weekly show. Raw when they moved to the stage was quite cool, but even then it was just like, oh, there's some neon bits behind them. Yeah, that's it. Like they 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 it went halfway there and so put it on the stage, but then they'd start doing it where they'd shoot behind the they shoot they behind just and they had stood, a stand desk. up. They should have had like a wraparound desk that they could have turned around on the spot that's and done stuff idea. to done stuff to camera with the arena behind them. Mm. And then when they're commentating, just flip around and there's your monitor. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> it would have taken up so much space, though. The tables oh, are, like, deeper than this. They'd have been so. fine. Did you spot a future WWF champion in the front row, Sam Driver? No, I didn't. There were a couple of Hulk Hogan's in the front row. There was, there was one big lad in a big there Hulk There were two Hulk Hogan's. I feel like he was pushed to the front. Yeah, he was He was on the hard cam side, and there was one on what would usually be WWE commentary side. Well, this person was sat, I think, three or four people to the right the, yes, I know the one you're on about, but the the one on the 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 side off camera is mm-hmm. even better because he's wearing like a blue short sleeve work shirt, just nice. your standard like blue short sleeve work shirt with a Hogan shirt over with the sleeves cut off. Uh, so you just see these blue blue work shirt sleeves <laughs> sticking out of like the ripped up Hulkamania shirt. It's the best blue collar working man, brother, yeah. brother, brother, brother. Uh, no, but that wasn't the <laughs> champion I was insinuating. No, okay. A future WWF champion was in the front row. I'm of course talking about former WWF women's champion Deborah McMichael. Really? Mm. Yeah. There's a prominent scene later on which we'll talk about where you see Deborah very much like in the in the middle of all the action. Wow. Deborah's there, so keep an eye on her. I'm sure she'll do great things. Uh, Rick Flair interrupts the opening spiel from our commentators and he's screaming down Bischoff's mic that Double A, he and Double A are going to have a mile high night. They're going to have sex in a bathroom. Now you've got to keep saying mile high because we are we are in uh, Denver, know, Colorado. Detroit. We're in Denver, Colorado. Denver, yeah. Colorado. And, and so they're a mile in the air. The mile high. It's mile high city. It's mile. Mountain high. time. We just got to say it every match. <laughs> just wait for it. Finally, excuse to it. say how. But then it's like I like how at this point they're still using like those buzzwords to make somewhere they're at sound big. Like how yeah. like they they used to do when it was they did SummerSlam '93. It was always from the heartland of America. It's like it's from it's, somewhere shit. You know, <laughs> I think it's important there. to put the, the the strengths of the area. It make it looks like you care about where you are. Mm-hmm. The fact you're going to the lengths to call it the city's nickname to address what's been happening and congratulate i think the the baseball team on winning a game or wish them luck on a game that's coming up i think bischoff does later on like they it just feels like well we give a fuck about denver we want to be in denver denver's cool that's why we're here because denver's cool and wcw is good at making even the smallest places that might not have so much going for them might not have you know a very famous nickname or like a lot of big sports teams or whatever they're still able to get it across by just just, you know, leaning on some of the strengths. That's when they'll pull out, you know, the Heartland of America stuff, WWE style mm. kind of, as we're hearing now, you can't say rally North Carolina because it's just not big time enough. No. It's like, just make rally sound cooler. That's all yeah. you got to do. And if there's nothing there, just be like, well, Carolina, what's it known for? Just address the things North Carolina. Ah! 
<laughs> I, I'm nervous in the event that because the, the 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 story that we've put out today, some of the stories we've got to put out today, is uh, regarding WWF schedule for next year. And there yeah. is September. It's looking very likely that the WWF are going to put on a UK pay per view in 2022, mm-hmm. which in is Cardiff, London, Cardiff, and that's why I'm that's why I'm nervous because I'm I'm hoping that they can distinguish the I difference would, between England and I Wales. Would pay to watch the entire scene burn down if they were to say Cardiff, England. Because at that point, go for it, Wales. Go for it. Let them have it. I think someone's. I think it. someone's going to say it. Hello, Cardiff, England. You know where? All right, you know, governor. Is, was it Manchester? That's just Woo. a short, like half-hour drive up from London or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Newcastle, that quaint little mining town. Yeah. I just, I just, I'm so. I feel like somebody is going to go. Hey, here we are in Wales, jolly old Wales. All right, governor. Spot a tea, crumpets. Spot a tea and crumpets. And strangely, they get strangely they get Tom Jones right, but that's the only thing. But uh, Tom so, Jones out to sing the anthems. If you get Tom Jones out or the stereophonics, then the rest is the, the rest is your world to play in. Uh, we get a recap of the Lex Luger. Let me just say they don't have the Manix there. They're fucking idiots. Oh yeah, get the Manix. You have the there. Manix there to just do something. Oh my god. There you go. Oh, that, that would be a nice little touch. Yeah, because then you know you got your halftime entertainment slot that isn't shitball. <laughs> You've got you could you could have the Manix. You said, get them out you, there. Get them to play faster. Do you, it. You said Manix. Just play the Holy Bible in full. Play the Holy Bible in full. <laughs> and that'll take up like a tenth of the show runtime. You'd be all right, you know. Uh, breaking news, uh, they couldn't get Manix. They've got Poppy. So that's good. <laughs> Poppy here with her cover of A Design for Life. <laughs> oh my God, It's yes. just static with her going, I'm really weird, guys. <laughs> I'm kooky. <laughs> uh, we get a recap, a recap of Lex Luger, Randy Savage, and the Dungeon of Doom debacles from last week. Before we get the first of our two main events, main event out of the block, Lex Luger versus Randy Matraman Savage. So Now, they've been talking about Mile High and all this stuff mm. for so long that I, you know, it just did something to me. So... I am judging this event based purely off its sexiness, Tom. Because <laughs> ultimately, as you're going to learn if you're going to watch this after hearing this, or you've watched it beforehand, as you know, it's a pretty fucking boring nitro. It's not boring. It's just inconsequential. It's like one, one of the fucking spots is an entire like, you know, we've seen that play out three times now. There's a whole... Oh, my... We'll get on to I'm it. really excited to see we'll the, to the sound driver sexometer for Monday Night Show this well, it's, week. Well, it's rated out of Spanx. Brill. So, you know, out of 10 Spanx. <laughs> but I've got my notes here. A very sexy opening main event indeed. Mm-hmm. They're all over each other initially. They should get a room. Uh, they're like <laughs> hugging and rolling around. And then something's getting snapped into as Big Randy Anderson is really trying to pull these beefy boys apart. <laughs> Uh, and then we get an ad break with the man becomes the monster, the monster becomes the man. Do you know? How, do you notice how long he holds that second man? He's doing it as if he's going for a world record. Yeah, it's like man, as if he's trying to pull himself away from the mic to simulate echo. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I like it. I like it. Well, give us more. Give us some more. So sexy we've notes. got uh, Lugas showboating a bit more. Uh, just as a general note, he's a powerful guy. We've not really seen him do much of this, but we we have him kind of lifting and military pressing. Mm. Savage, you're starting to see the arrogant Luger yeah. come back out a little bit. And oh my god, so chiselled. Uh, there's a whole period where they're doing back hugs. Yes, uh, and then Lex cheats to make his hug like more huggy. 
and uses the ropes. And Randy has no hope of his back hug out doing that. <laughs> but unfortunately, Lex is forced to stop. Um, and then the ref is in formal-ish trainers. I don't know why that popped me, but it did. Um, As opposed to red shoes, just crap shoes. Randy Bobandi <laughs> then grabs Lex's underpants and throws him to the outside, which he literally just... his just, underpants. Just, just, just yanks him up by like the, the string of his pants. Just... Straight out of the Get ring. Get gone. Uh, then there's a ref bump, flying elbow smash. Randy gets at least a count of 48 until Giant <laughs> then comes out and he gets in on the steamy, dreamy action. Uh, giant <laughs> choke slams Randers, which I'd listed as kinky. Luger goes into the torture rack again, a bit kinky. Luger wins, erotic. And then we get a note here uh, from commentary that says the Giant isn't here to eat popcorn. And I gave this six out of 10 spanks. Oh, wow. <laughs> this is like an amazing grading system. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for this. I'm down for this. Why six? Like it was good, but not not great. There was not, a lot of not muscle on spanky. display, but it, I don't think it's worth more than six spanks. That's a fair you know, shout. We, we had a bit uh, a bit of excitement, a lot of hugging. Mm, you know, a lot but, uh, of hugging. No, in fairness, though, it was it was very sort of tight off the get go, wasn't it? Because we had both guys burst out of the gate immediately, locked up. And then they were really doing well to sell that kind of anger between them. Randy Anderson having a proper try and Randy. pry them apart. Well, Randy and Randy. Randy, Randy two Randys. Two Randys. Is this, this two is, do make a Randy does, match. Does that, does that uh, not add to the spankometer? That, that was taken into account. <laughs> okay, that's right. I, I wouldn't say it was, you know, if you took Randy Anderson out of there, you're probably looking at a four and a half. A less Randy, uh, Randy. But then, you know, talking about semantics, what's half a spank, you know? Like, <laughs> so Sp- it, it's... <laughs> Uh, you, you have that kind of blood feud feel going on as it, as it builds and especially they're kind of trying to do a bit more chain wrestling they're trying to do a bit more reversal so it's more like these guys are equal mm. on equal footing that you know who's going to win and then Luger you start to see the elements of the healiness come out the showboating the military press the torture rack the using the ropes Luger's I mean they replayed that same fucking promo again where he comes <laughs> out and you know from like two weeks ago and has no emotion until Randy gently slaps him and then he kind of goes, he wakes like, up looks a, a bit, bit shocked before they cut away. But, you know, it, it's it's building towards something. And, you know, at least it's moving in a direction rather than what it's been doing for the last three weeks, which is sitting. Yeah. Uh, a nice little dig on from Bischoff on commentary during this when he tells us to listen to Mike Tanay on the WCW hotline to find out what's happening on Raw. That mm. way you don't have to change the channel. Yeah, you just ring up. Yeah. Just call up while, uh, while the ad breaks on and there you go. You get everything you wanted, everything you've ever dreamed of. And then mm. next up, we're going to go to an Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. <laughs> we're not because out comes um, Greg or Garth or Graham or whatever he's called. <laughs> disco. Uh, yeah, Disco. Glenn. For a bit of a dance. Glenn. Big Glenn Gilbert. Uh, yeah, so he, he, you know, we were all like proper, you know, excited after that. He's just thrown a massive bucket of cold water on that. But th- I think that's what they're going for. The more I think about it. They like, really want to, you know, they 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 want to they want to just they want to have him just come out and I think stand just, in front of Eddie Guerrero, and Eddie doesn't even get to hit him with a chair. Well, and that's kick him it, because Eddie just sort of shoos him off stage, yeah. as opposed to doing like as opposed to battery. This is here. what this is actually all building to something, because like mm. Inferno does this a lot as Nitro goes on. Ultimately, he's going to do it for Goldberg, and Goldberg is going to. Just oh, I can't, can't wait. <laughs> Goldberg is going to murder him <laughs> over and over. Those are some of the finest childhood memories I have. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, he just, I, you know, how can I stay excited after that opener? 
if I, you know, it's like we're going to a D. Malenko versus 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 Eddie Guerrero, and, and out comes Disco Inferno. It blue ball you a little bit getting Disco in there. He's the antithesis of erotic wrestling action, uh, the action that WCW promised me heading into this event. So this gets minus ten out of ten spots. <laughs> oh no! All the way down is that bomb card. World title. <laughs> why, why are you throwing him out there after Randy Savage? <laughs> Eddie and Malenko on on Nitro. <laughs> don't worry, they get, these two guys get the respect they definitely do in this. Well, match. they do from you, but they don't from the live crowd. <laughs> they don't from fucking commentary or from commentary. They don't get it from anybody. They go out there and they wrestle like absolute beasts, and they oh my god! But yes, so the match kicks off after Disco's shooed out of the way. The match kicks off, and then we are immediately told by Eric Bischoff, as they're going through a very exciting opening exchange, very athletic opening display, we have Eric Bischoff uh, telling us that, you know, just just don't fucking worry about this. I know you don't give a shit about it. Hogan, his limo's going to be here in three minutes, though. So just, we'll hear from Hogan soon. Here's a bit more chain wrestling. Mm. Eddie and Malenko again just go fucking hell for leather. Great match. Dives to the outside. A massive splash to the floor. All this. Uh, but no, Hogan's here, so get your cocks out. Uh, <laughs> he's got a neck brace on. Uh, he is here for a hunt, uh, and he wants to go on a big sweaty search for the giant. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we get that huge splash to the floor. Bobby clarifies this is Monday Nitro and not Acapulco. Because um, <laughs> I was worried. Well, it was getting a bit loco there. <laughs> Uh, we did, we did need it. Uh, but again, you know, we we, fuck's sake, we did we did we did go back to the ring for a little bit more in-ring action after that splash, but then fuck it, let's go see Hogan again. Yeah. Uh, take it home, guys. So there's a very quick finish, and then we uh yeah, that, that's kind of it. But after the match, they <laughs> shake hands. So they're you know they they've promised another match between them, and it's like, mm. well, it's not all just hatred and and anger. Well, yeah, and it's sportsmanship, and Bobby gets that across really well. Because Dean went for the ankle pick, and Eddie yeah. turned it into a pitting combo. And Dean was like, "You got lucky, I can beat you." And then Eddie's like, "Hey, anytime, anywhere, we'll yeah, go he's, again." He's proper, just like anytime, mm. and just like shaking each other's hands. It's a cruiserweight division match. Yeah, and I love that that they're and like away from the noise of like, oh, here comes here comes Hogan and his stupid neck race like away from all that noise like it's a cruiserweight division where it's not just about it's a match for the title it's a match for the title it's a match for the title. like these are like rankings and divisions and stuff and then um, i feel like that the the art of a division is lost uh, with the exception of like the power rankings at AEW, I think the does. reason that cruiserweight scene worked well so initially was that Bischoff was just intent for it to be just go out there and excite people yeah and he it feels like he just kind of left them alone Obviously, there was some booking involved and overall story planning, but it's just kind of like, well, what do you want us to do? Excite people. Yeah. Let's just get out there and the talent kind of left to their own devices, it feels. And they go out and gradually they are going to win that audience over. But this audience has been, you know, burnt out on big comic book wrestling for the last 20 years. So is this by this point, Guerrero and Malenko had had their ECW series, hadn't they? So this so. is them jumping over. So yeah. so it's, like it's for a fresh audience, basically. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a selection of the audience though that was probably quite excited by the prospect yeah. of hey, this is the match for an ECW. It's on the big screen whilst Hogan is arriving. Yeah, don't, that's what I mean. Is just disregard that match because yeah. Hogan's here. Hogan's here. That's all that matters. If you, if Hogan's they, not on they the screen, talk about Hogan, Hogan? For the entire, that's it. It's 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 like oh, he's going to be here in three minutes. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. Like, you've already said he's going to be here. You can be like, oh, Hulk Hogan's arriving backstage now after the bell. 
but yeah. because it was like, oh, we're going to go back to see Hogan, and then immediate like pin. It was like, oh. But this okay. is this is the spoils of war, not the spoils. Well, this is the, the the result of war, isn't it? Because they don't they they are you can tell by the 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 pace and yeah. the urgency in Bischoff's voice. They don't want anyone to change the channel at any no, point. It, they don't want to give them any it's reason. Exciting. I mean, they even lie to you at the end of the show every week. Oh yeah, they always lie to you at the end of the show, like they do it in this one, and we'll get there in a bit. But it's they kind of always tease you. They go, oh, "We're gonna go and make sure we've got to check up on this guy coming back after the break," and then it's like, "Here's what's next week." Yeah, there is no update. There's no you, you're hooked into that very last little thirty seconds of show. Everything is just designed to keep you there. They always lie to you. Uh, um, but yeah, this would have got like a four out of ten because they're just not meaty enough, are they? Nah, so not enough. The enough. appearance of Hogan and the mention of Hogan brought it up to a solid eight. <laughs> I can, you know, eight out of ten spanks. <laughs> this is. The, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the, uh, the 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 yin and the yang that is going on. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, if I'm looking at pure wrestling ability, eleven out of ten. But we're looking, but at, we're looking at we're looking at pure wrestle sexiness. Then it's 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 a four, and then Hogan is mentioned, and it's an eight. Fair. And then Hogan arrives. Hogan actually bullies them off screen in their own match. Hey, there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> some pushiness. That's some pushiness. political power. That is. Uh, Hogan out for a chat with Mean Gene, and I put in his silly neck brace. <laughs> yes. So this is what we've been waiting for: oily hot dog handbag skin, I've written. <laughs> 24 inches, as we know, plus 12, as we also know, because, you know, the court case. Does does Jason Pittman get a mention in your sexy review? No. Can I quickly pull up? Because he's because I'll, I'll say this, then I want to hear the sexy review. Right. But he says, um, Hogan's out, and he says, last night he was hanging out with a little Hulkamaniac named Jason Pittman. Oh, yes. Yeah. Who was getting a double lung transplant. Jason apparently said to Hogan, Hogan said, Jason said to me, belly up to the bar. Look him in the eye and take the giant down, brother. Right. Did he bollocks say that to you, Hogan? The guy's having, the poor lad's having a double lung transplant. I doubt he said anything. Hey, Hogan's so skilled he was probably the surgeon. <laughs> you know? He, yes, this, this young man, this young boy who's fighting for his life, turned to Hogan and said, belly up to the bar. <laughs> Fucking hell, Hogan. Plus, why are you hanging out with kids, you weirdo? Uh, that's... <laughs> That's anyway, sexy review. My, my concern here stems from the fact that Hulk Hogan comes out to American Made, but he's got a neck brace on, which means he clearly can't be American. He probably also wears masks in public. <laughs> Shane wears his pride. No pride in that oh, man. Oh, God. Yeah, he goes into busy places with a mask on to protect himself. I, oh, I can't. How I... dare he? How dare he? <laughs> I bet that neck brace, I bet, you know, if you took that off, it wouldn't do anything. I think his, I think his neck's fine. I think the government <laughs> made him wear a neck brace. No. So Wake yeah, up, sheeple! Yeah, that's it, sheeple. The government's <laughs> forcing us all to wear neck braces. With broken uh, necks. You don't need a broken... Basically, if you have a broken neck, just wobble your neck yeah, around. You just it's fine. Yeah, fling it as hard as you can in a circle like it's you're in fine. Cannibal Corpse. You, you'd be great. <laughs> Uh, so the giant isn't here. This is the thing with Hogan. Hogan's going off. He wants the giant. He wants the giant. He wants the giant. Since the giant's not here, brother, uh, off comes the shirt. <laughs> no, so. he says that he's going to go on a hunt. He's going to go hunt the giant if the giant's too scared to come to the ring. <laughs> and he heads to the back to find the giant. He walks past Deborah McMichael, future WWE yes. Women's Champion. <laughs> and then can I explain it eloquently? Please do. As Hulkster walks up the ramp. Like just, just crowds of people mobbing toward him, all just touching him. They want to touch the immortal Hulk Hogan. There's just a big white explosion all over his face. Just a big white explosion all over his face. 
It's very sensual. And it turns out this old woman <laughs> has just launched a load of powder in Hogan's eyes. Now, what's he going to do brother? when powder mania is running wild on him? <laughs> what's he going to do? So out comes the giant and brother yes, no to help Boom. granny. Uh, and they, you know, they're beating Hogan down. They're beating Hogan down. Jank giant thankfully removes the neck brace to free Hogan from his mind control 5G <laughs> nonsense. Uh, <laughs> but then he chooses to, instead of helping him, he's like, see, look, he's fine. Like, everybody thinks he was going to break his neck. He's like, no, see. <laughs> just tears away at the neck. Hogan seems absolutely grand. He's just rolling around on the floor. Uh, and then Granny, unfortunately, whaps out a razor and starts shaving off the iconic Tash. And this is where commentaries like this is going too far. Yeah. Going far too Shaving far. off Hogan's mustache. Saying, take it all off. <laughs> I want to see that naked upper lip. I want to see it, Eric. No, but they, they shave off his mustache and then uh, Brother Brutai is handed a set of scissors, which is obviously ironic because I used to be the barber. Um, <laughs> see what you and he did stood there. there going like, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> and then still of eventually just takes the scissors off him. And we had Chekhov's scissors. <laughs> I think they cut I think Sullivan cut a little bit sorry Granny I think Granny cut a little bit of Hogan's hair but mainly the tash is gone and now Terry's got a chilly little lip and he's got nothing that can give you a little push broom tickle but I can imagine something uh, something happened here that, that made this section incredibly sexy yeah so Hogan's obviously getting beaten so down Hogan's knackered Hogan is getting absolutely worked over here who's just him? a sweaty mess and then out comes the American males the American males <laughs> Who can save Hogan in their time of need? It's the strippers. Fucking American. What is it with WCW? And when, when a baby face is in peril, only the shit people go out to help. Because Have you noticed this? Because they're, 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 they're underdog baby faces. They want to get up there. They want to help Hulkster. They believe in him. He's carrying that company and making sure they get paid, brother. They are sycophants. <laughs> Which, you know, given what we know about how Buff Bagwell's later WCW run goes, literally emulating another wrestler, yes. uh, you know, it, it's all it's all going to tie up into a nice storyline five years in the making. Don't worry about it. Uh, but yeah, they, 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 they get in there. They immediately get done in by the giant. I think uh, uh, fucking, what do you call him? What do you call him? Fucking other American males. Scotty Riggs. Scotty Riggs. Jesus, Our my mate, brain. Scotty Riggs. Scotty Riggs. Scotty Riggs gets choke slammed from like the highest it's point amazing. I think I've ever seen. Giant just picks him up and then he curls around his hand like a little ball. <laughs> and he's just like, boom. <laughs> and then Bagwell gets it as well. Absolutely planted. And it's like, no, who's going to save Hogan? And then out come the fucking nasty boys. Or at least out comes, <laughs> out comes Nobs. No, they're both out there. No, out comes Nobs. Oh, yeah. And then... Because I'm sure Sags then, gets into it with the Zodiac. And then, and then oh, there's, there's Sags. Yeah, there ah, he is. He's there just, he just, he's just going to rock up and, uh, <laughs> yeah, lay in a couple of strikes. <laughs> Literally takes like 11 years. I think he might arrive and go immediately to fight on the outside, but the yeah. camera's locked firmly on the ring. So it's like, it's the nasty boys. And out they come and it's just like, it's just knobs. <laughs> oh there he is <laughs> hello, hello friend fucking hell top marks in this section for Mean Gene Oakland well, so yeah Brutus then gets the scissors sorry after oh, the nasty boys go on uh, and then the trainer after it all kind of it all devolves down and everything's like, alright alright and then you know Dungeon of Doom walk off uh, the trainer then jumps in the ring with Hogan and we get a bit of extra skin because the trainer's got a massive hole in the side of his shirt <laughs> <laughs> 
so, did. Yeah, a he massive did. hole. So I, I thought we were doomed, but he saved it with the shirt rip, uh, the trainer's armpit, and Hogan's new nude upper lip were just the icing on the cake. This gets sections. 11 out of 10 spanks. Wow, it's the spankiest section on Nitro. It's the meatiest section on Nitro. We have the American males out there. American males, a naked lip. They're just strippers, aren't they? That's, they, that's they basically are. what, you know, they look like strippers. I'm not insinuating they are. They're wrestlers, clearly. Maybe they're wrestling strippers. <laughs> but they came out to save the day, and you can't say they're not sexy. Look at them. It's true, actually. My <laughs> my my boring non-sexy notes on this. Uh, top marks to me and Gene Oakland for this, who who has a line, and it's just it's the way he delivers it. As as uh, the the old woman, aka Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster, yeah. dressed as an old woman, complete with like proper glasses. fucking like like uh, Red Riding Hood yeah. cartoon level, like proper hunched over and everything. And ah, oh. as it as she. As, <laughs> Sullivan's beating up Hogan dressed as a woman. There's Gene going, there's a woman with a cane. (laughs) (laughs) It's the way he says it. There's a woman. Like he's never seen one before. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hogan, oh, now the mustache shave, like the, yeah. the unthinkable shaving of Hogan's mustache, uh, the, this serves a double purpose. It's getting heat for the Taskmaster and the Giant, the Dungeon of Doom. Also, Hogan's off to do a movie. Yeah, so fuck you, fuck your booking, shave my tash. Shave my tash, do it, we'll make it part of a thing, yeah. and that's what we do. And, and <laughs> Sullivan playing a woman with a cane uh, is is actually an homage to a championship wrestling for Florida angle from the 70s, in which Blackjack Mulligan, dressed as an old woman with a cane, sat in the crowd and attacked Kevin Sullivan. 
That's perfect because I remembered that definitely when I saw this for the first time. <laughs> yeah, if How anything, can I forget? I was eating my what did they have back in the day? Was it just cornflakes? I was eating my cornflakes. I was eating my arsenic. I was eating my cornflakes with water because milk hadn't been invented yet. <laughs> and I was like, God damn, what a callback! Oh, what a callback! I was enjoying a Winston cigarette and asbestos. I had to properly bang the telly because the, the tube was broken on it. And, oh. I got to really turn the volume up for the sound of the mines behind us. Um, but, but this was yeah. So I. I think that was more like so sometimes admittedly and, and and a part of me would be like oh what's the point in that but sometimes admittedly in a news video here and there i took in a little gag for myself yeah <laughs> i took in a little something <laughs> just to pop me and then if someone else gets it then oh that's fun that's a nice day for everybody so i i appreciate i appreciate that on a slightly different level uh but yeah so off off to the races halloween havoc around the corner hogan with a naked upper lip well that's gonna his... I, it's it's gonna lower his morale that's i mean, it, he's, he's, his lips out there for the whole world to see and see how big it is. He's gonna get. He's he's wow, they, small. Rather. He is he is so desperately desperately seeking some you know, baby I, face I think, sympathy. I think I think that Hogan's just gonna do away with all his happiness. You know, <laughs> I, think this is it. I think it's I think the 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 yellow and red. I think the those days are numbered. Some people will call me crazy, but I, <laughs> but I'm I not think, the only one. Yeah, yeah. I think that Hogan's just gonna you know get all sad and just oh. wear all black shiny bike short <gasps> material. Not for NWO or anything. Just no, but he, just just to, just to wear some spandex. Just to, <laughs> would that help with the sexiness? Not really. Oh, no. I see I enough spandex, don't we? <laughs> now I'm skin tight, bulgy spandex. Which maybe 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 there's something in the in the skin tight bulginess that's making it bulge. Maybe a gun. The the shift, <laughs> the shift, the shift in Hogan here is fucking brilliant because it, it yeah. it's like. I'm Hulk Hogan. Yeah, power of positivity type person. You know all this stuff. He, he, you know, he's America. You can't beat him. You can't keep him down. They shave off his tash, and he goes all emo and sad, and wears <laughs> black for like two weeks, and then it's back. The mustache is back, and it's <laughs> dark Hulk Hogan. Oh. I, I, I'm not against the idea. Like I like like very brave of Hogan, who was oh, yeah. who was so yeah. against the idea of being anything other than that's, that's, red and yellow, but he could a see mustache, mustache, mustache. horseshoe hair. That is iconic. Like if you can you could literally draw a, like just a simple face with that mustache, like a simple stick figure face with that mustache, and most people will go Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. So it, it's like. Had it not been for a movie, I think the answer would have been a resounding <laughs> no. Yeah. But I, you know, if he's getting money out the arse, and at this point he was really wanting to to try and continue that film career that hadn't quite taken off in the way he thought it was going to. He never mm. really translated that well to screen. He never translated that well to film. I think around this time it might be when he's trying to get more into TV than film itself. But he was still doing a couple here and there. But it, it's it's sort of. It's strange that Hogan didn't translate so well because he he is in some good films like he's in Rocky Three yeah like he he did have that star power to pull people over it's just that he obviously couldn't find the right agent or the right role or he just wasn't really up to snuff with his acting chops yeah I mean like because a lot of people draw comparisons with him and like and the Rock and yeah how, and how the Rock just transcended both industries yeah to where he is now just like this megastar I think that was always what Hogan wanted. Mm-hmm. But Hogan, like I think, with, with movies, it never quite no. Landed. They were a lot of, like self-promoted films as well. Like you had like No Holds Barred, which is yeah. it's, it's all well and good. But you know, in that film, he's playing a wrestler, and he he plays a wrestler in real life, so he's good at that. He's mm. good at playing a wrestler. But when you've got to kind of make him a you know suburban commando type character, or you've got to make him Santa with muscles, mm. it doesn't quite translate 
as well, because you have all the visual slapstick of like, oh, he's so muscly and big. But once you run out of that, it's like, oh, what's left? <laughs> so do you think it's like an acting chops thing then? Because again, there's not like, I, mean, on the, I imagine when, to he look w- at it, it's not much in the way of like difference in what The Rock brought and what Hogan brought. No, it's just The Rock was, I, I feel he had better luck with casting. The fact his mm. first film was The Mummy Returns. The Mummy That's was true. one of the biggest films of the late 90s. Uh, and I, you know, we've got a featured role there that he didn't really have to do much in. And then he's mm. in the Scorpion King flashback sequence, obviously. And you, you kind of have, he was almost drip fed in. Whereas then Hogan, he, did, he was immediately. He did, he did languish through some Disney films, you know, Tooth Fairy, things like that. It, it's not quite where he wanted to be, but he persevered and he put wrestling on the back burner for a long time to do that. But Hogan was always one foot in, one foot out, wasn't he? He was trying to be a bit of everything. That and I imagine he was wanting like nine times the amount of money he was worth. Oh, yeah. To, and I can to, imagine he was an arse. Because in one industry, you're worth a hell of a lot of money. Mm. In the other industry, you're Hulk Hogan, but you're not worth as much as, you know, a major actor. Yeah. It's just not. It doesn't translate. I think it must be an attitude thing as well, because like I remember reading a story um, about the Baywatch episode, Bash the Beach, yeah. and how David Hasselhoff just wanted nothing to do with Hogan. And vice versa. Yeah. Well, but I can imagine that David Hasselhoff would want to hang out with The Rock. Yeah, it, it seems like at the time, Hasselhoff and Hogan might have been more similar than they would admit because Hasselhoff was a big deal TV mm. star at the time and the star was beginning to wane, I'd argue. It was after Baywatch that Hasselhoff kind of goes kind of yeah. down and out. It's He's not really featured in anything major after that is he but it's interesting that you say that like and that, that's just that's working over in my mind palace um but it's the, like they're the same person in two different industries yeah. they're fearful for their spot they want to make sure that they're getting the most out of any extracurricular activity they're doing in mm. terms of like tv or film appearances but at the same time they can't really turn down the sure thing money especially if you're hogan you can't turn down that money. No, not, no. Yeah. Well, you can because you're making loads, but you choose not to. Yeah, but, um, that's, you, you know, it's it's never worse to have more money, is it? And if it, you can get guaranteed contract wrestling, yeah. you can just act on the side. Is there something in what you said there about, like, how the Rock, how Dwayne Johnson was drip-fed? Because, like, I remember, like, Rock doing, like, bit roles in yeah. stuff. Uh, like, I, he was he was a, he was a, he was a Romulan wrestler in Star Trek yeah. and stuff like that. And I can't picture Hogan. Like, everything Hogan did, it was like, Hulk Hogan stars in the middle. He's in the middle. He's in the middle. Thunder in Paradise. He is the star of it. Is it because Hogan wouldn't lower himself to doing bit parts it's that didn't Hogan, put him over? It's because Hogan has no, like, humility about yeah. him. He, he isn't a humble person. Like, everything you've just said there, right? The Hulk, the, the Hulk, the Rock started off bit parts in things and then eventually got a bit part in a major film. Mm. And then started doing maybe like bit shitter films and films aimed more at kids. But the bit parts he was getting and everything allowed him to be on set and around people who were acting. It allowed him access to people who act and they maybe their kids watched wrestling and liked it. So they're going to talk to him. And so there's going to be this kind of rapport mm. that if you're a nice enough person, you can build with these people. And film sets are very communal and, you know, everybody kind of sits down together to eat every day. It's never really, you know, sections just don't talk to each other. It's never quite like that. It, yeah. It's always just sort of everybody's there for one purpose and that's to make the film. So everybody's kind of in a more open and creative mood. And so if you are prepared to look foolish in trying to do something, and, you know, I want to be a more serious actor. Okay, well, go and talk to this actor and ask them about it. How can I improve? Mm. What was I doing wrong? Kind of like they would after a wrestling match, right? When you take Hogan, everything was built around him. Yeah. It's like Hulk Hogan in No Holds Barred, Hulk Hogan in Rocky Three, Hulk Hogan in... And it, it's... 
you know, not the Rocky Three was built around him, but you know, Hogan in Rocky Three at the time maybe was the only crossover that kind of worked because he was a huge deal star. Yes, kind of on the rise, wasn't he? And then you had Rocky Three, and it was it's that kind of work. But everything else was built around him, mm. and so Hogan's been handed things. Rock went away, left wrestling, worked and committed to acting and committed to getting better and getting range and getting depth. Hogan just wants to turn up, shoot a couple of guns like he's like Jesse Ventura in Predator, <laughs> take five mil home, uh, sit, smoke some cigars on like Sunday off and then go wrestle and get paid, you know, a hundred grand to go job out Sergeant Slaughter. Like it, it, Hogan just wants things given, it feels. Yeah. Whereas Rock went away and was prepared to go back to having nothing and starting all over again in a new industry, learning mm. how to act, learning how to talk, doing all this stuff that maybe he thought he knew, but he needed to refine for performance. Because one thing is uh, acting to a crowd, you've got to be a little bit more animated. Acting for screen, if you're a, a stage performer who hasn't really done a lot of screen, you can see because the reactions are so big that people 5,000 miles away are going to see it. Mm. Whereas screen acting is more nuanced. You need to really draw into personal emotion it needs to be more believable you can't be like you know if you told me my dog had died and i start rolling around the floor and screaming and you know doing backflips and pulling out my hair and tearing my shirt open and screaming my dog's name at the back of the room at some indeterminate point just staring off that you know you've got to learn how to kind of take the news as you would in real life which is just like a gutting punch mm. and it's like well, okay and then everything comes after that nice but, I like the idea of you doing a backflip and ripping your shirt at the mention of you. No, I'm a dog! <laughs> it's a great idea. <laughs> uh, Friendship Gone Bad, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson is our main event of the evening. How sexy was this for you, sir? Well, uh, I'll get to the rating in a bit, but Arn Anderson gets the job as entrance. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, it's like, already in the ring is Arn Anderson, and you can hear the opening pause of blah, 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 Ric Flair. Why did Arn get the jobber entrance? That's because we're really low on time, folks. That's all we got time for. You know, it's, it's, it's that. You just gotta, the show's going to go on. So you got to hope those adverts end fucking quickly. Yeah. And you got to hope you're not in the kitchen still making your cup of coffee. That's it. It's gotta, all gotta giving you that impression you of you've got to be yeah. here all the time. So you missed him coming stuff. out. You yeah. should come to the live show. You'll get to see him come out. You get to watch Arn Anderson walk to the ring. Also, it has the handy thing of like, fuck, just get him out now. Save us those 30 seconds. We're going to lie to them at the end. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Allows for more lying time. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Flair dominates Arn in the early going of this one whilst we hear about medics tending to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. If he's not on the screen, people should be asking, where's Hogan? <laughs> It's it is very very poochy. He is the poochy. They screwed the poochy on it this. It's properly one. like you know, uh, Arn just like tossing Rick all over the shop, out of the ring, everywhere, and then he starts really grinding them into that mat. And then yeah, it's, it is just like fuck these guys. Hogan's backstage still. Uh, Arn and turn, then they go again. Yeah, they go. They do. I was gonna say Arn turns the tide after Flair starts hot. Backdrop beauty of a spinebuster. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The OJ OJ Simpson trial. Yeah. Yep. What was this? Fuck the wrestling. We're, we're talking about that. They, I missed the. I missed this on commentary. You have to talk me through this. That, that's all that happens. It's like so. Uh, OJ Simpson truck. While there's like wrestling. So going they talk. On, so they just. All, they just don't call. Anything they do and, talk and about address, it a lot. They just address. I know it, it's huge, huge news. I get it. Yeah. But you've just. You've just literally gone disregard this shit. Hogan's backstage, and mm. we're gonna have an update on him. We're gonna have an update on him. We're gonna have an update on him. Big back dropping. Oh, so about that OJ Simpson verdict, huh, guys? Mm. And it's like, 
Why are we side talking about shit when you've been building to this for weeks? And you like you know how it's going to end. The people in the arena don't. The people at home don't. It's oh, it's that burning <laughs> desire, that burning desire to always feel like you're on the pulse, that you're in the zeitgeist. Yep. But then they go back and they wrestle some more. They call some more moves, and then uh, Hogan's still not in good shape. Hogan's mm. still not in good shape, but he's immortal. He'll be back to flexing <laughs> his hot dogs in no time. <laughs> and then they get back to wrestling again. Lovely spot where Flair counters a DDT, holding yep. onto the ropes. Which I thought was quite nice. Yeah. Follows up with a figure four. And uh-huh. it looks as if Arn Anderson is gonna he's holding on, he's holding on, he's holding on. And then here's Brian Pillman yeah, climbing comes, up to the top right. Outcomes Pillman. Outcomes Pillman. So it's like they disregarded the whole match. Yeah. And as if it's just like, oh, it's not gonna end how you think it's gonna end anyway. Let's just talk about this. And then and then Pillman comes out and it's like, okay, Pillman gets involved, Flair wins by DQ. There was such a disconnect, man. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I, they've been for weeks. They've been building to this. Did they know that? Did they know the OJ verdict was coming down? They've that been day? going like, but they've been going like. I think it was, as you said, I think it was the night before. But it, it's yeah. it, like, I. They've been building this. I think they even mentioned it in the build it, to build up to the matchup, like on this episode. Mm. Uh, it was like, oh, we're rerunning this from like the people have been waiting from the pay per view and all this. And it's like, okay, so exciting big fight feel. Arn's already in the ring, so we're wasting no time. Flair's already halfway down the ramp when we come back, wasting no time. Pillman comes out, okay, interesting, dragging on a bit longer. But it was just so many things. You, Why you, you just... built up to this being <laughs> such a big deal, and then you're just talking all you over You talk it. all the way through it, and then it ends with, with, with an intrusion. It's like, okay, well, you guys, it felt like you guys know that. And it was a weird I, finish because, like, Flair, Flair technically won. Yeah. Because Arn tapped out before... Brian came off the top rope. Yes. And I don't understand. I, I, there was a weird choice to do that. Like, could you not have had Brian just hit the splash in the DQ? No. See, the one thing you're going to learn is that WCW loves doing weird, confusing little endings like this. Right. So you'll get, you know, moments where it's like, well, you tapped out. No, he didn't. Brian got the DQ. And it'll just be, okay. So it'll fill like two Nitros worth of promos. Mm. Like this probably won't, but there are instances where that you get those kind of like screwy finishes. Mm. And then it's like, no, this happened. No, I won. No, I won. Let's run the match again at Slambery. Well, they, well, they run the match <laughs> sooner than Slambery. So Pillman and Arm batter Flair as commentators are now paying attention uh-huh. to the feud, saying how Ric Flair's got no mates left. And, yep. that's, and they, re- they, they, sort of, they run that rhetoric. As Anderson and Pillman leave... Uh, leave Flair in a heap. We go to our last break. Cool. Yeah, before we go to the last oh, break, no. though, Bobby has some haunting words for us. Okay. I thought important to uh, to just sort of put out there now as we're still in 1995 with everything we know that's going to come. The way things are happening here in WCW right now, no one cares to pin anybody. No one cares to make anybody give up. Everybody just wants to send somebody to the hospital. And it's just sort of like, it does reach a point where it's like, I'm a tough guy. Okay. And then you get a screwy Russo finish. And it's like, oh. It's so many. Don't worry about it, you marks. It's not real. Uh, really? Well, I, I kind of knew that anyway, but now I feel stupid. Should I don't I know. I don't know. This, Sometimes or? what wrestling bookers think we like as fans. Like, do they think, oh, they just like to see the entrances and watch a flippy move and nothing else. Like, like I like when match, when stories are told through wins and losses. This is like it, it, I think it's it, powerful. I don't even think wins and losses are 
grossly overall massively important to a story. I think if you've got a good enough story, you can get it over however you want. Mm. But wins and losses should be accounted for, and they certainly were slightly more back in the day, and they are now on one side of the fence at least. But yeah, it's sort of the booking's quite frenetic because it's just kind of car crash, what's popular and, and what, what are people into. And we get that. It'll settle into more of a rhythm and mm. then it gets good. And then it's sort of like, okay, they've sort of hit their stride here, but then they kind of trip a little bit and we all know what happens next. In the final, after the final ad break, it's revealed that Nick Buckwinkle has signed for Ric Flair versus Arn Anderson next week in a steel cage. Steel cage. And is it escape only or is it escape and pin? It, they don't say. Well, it better be escape only because I'm <laughs> sick. I'm sick. I hate cage matches with doors, with door they escapes. They don't need doors, do they? No, I hate. I hate door escapes. Hate door escapes with a burning. I passion. hate door escapes. And she hate, was the right bitch hate, in my school. <laughs> I hate pins and I hate submissions. It's a cage match. If yeah. you want to win, climb out the fucking thing. But even even the concept of the cage match without getting too meta. Yeah. The idea of a cage match being, I hate you so much, I'm going to run away from you. But this is it. Yeah. So it's like you know you can't. <laughs> You have to escape. You have to run away in order to win the match. <laughs> but you're not running away. You've beaten this person to a pulp. That's how I always felt. They, you like, beat them so bad they can't get you up. Beat and them then so you bad they them. can't get up, and then you casually stroll out of that thing. You climb out of it as slow as you want. Mm. You can even do what everybody does throughout the night: is get halfway up and go, nah, and either go back down or flip off the top. Like, not we're going to see Flair or Arn do any of that. But <laughs> but you know, I I'm a big fan of the escape step in a cage. Mm. From The Observer, the Flair Anderson two-week television program was a deal that they came up with in panic after the ratings came in for the 25th of September Nitro. Both WWF and WCW, only one month into the war, in Bunny Rabbit is, have already gone to doing cage matches on free television, and both have quickly changed titles on Monday as well. I knew they'd hot shot, but didn't realize both would do it so quickly, because on Raw this week, they announced a cage match between uh, Bret Hart and Isaac Yankel. Nice. But not as we know it. <laughs> but the uh, cage match is, uh, is set for next week. Because already, like, and, and it, it echoes what we said earlier, this, this frantic energy from Bischoff to stop people from doing anything other than staring straight yeah. at. He is the equivalent of, you know when, like, if you've got, like, a nephew that goes, watch my dance! Watch my dance! And then you look away to the left to see something. Just for a split second, yeah. yeah. He didn't see all the dance! Now I have to start again! Yeah. It's that. <laughs> That's what Bischoff is at the moment in Nitro. Watch my dance! Quick! You're not looking enough! It's it's interesting, that. though, the, the, the things Dave's talking about there, where it, it's like... Um, you know, on free TV. They're doing a cage match already on free TV. On free like, TV. If you knew what you're going to know in three years' time about how hot-shotty the industry is and how frenetic it's about to get, like, how would he even respond as Dave from this 1995 year mm. in, like, 1999? When it's just, you know, titles are sw switching like two times on an episode and oh, we're, still, we're just going to do a soft reboot, uh, Finger Poker Doom. And it's, it's like things very rapidly get to a point where it's like, fuck, sweet. We're getting cage matches on TV. We're getting no holds mm. barred matches on oh, TV. Oh, yeah, we win we're, as fans. It's, yeah, we win as fans because WWF's having to go, shit, okay, we'll do fucking, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do this, we'll do that. And we get more exciting booking because mm. of it. And we they have to create more and more stips because, well, shit, the thing we'd give away on pay-per-view... We've given away for free. So we need to make it a cage match, but it needs to be more extreme. Mm -hmm. And then we get things like Hell in a Cell, and we get everything from the back of that. But it's 
yeah, it, this is just a straight race to the bottom because ultimately it ends with just, you know, attention span needs to just be like that. Yeah. Next week on Nitro, uh, Bubba Rogers versus Road Warrior Hawk. We're getting Sabu versus newcomer Mr. JL. Nice. And uh, I thought you'd be excited for this. Sting versus Shark. Oh. John Tenter's in the house next John week. John Tenter better fucking murder him. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> just, what a great day. Just absolutely bodies Sting, pins him one, two, three. <laughs> they immediately award him all the gold. All of it. Chuck all the belts at him. They, all of the champions come out and just give them to him. Even the Cruiserweight? Especially the Cruiserweight. John Tenter Championship Wrestling. John... <laughs> Tenter. TCW. Uh, <laughs> it's so on every night at Tenter too. Anderson Flair got old school out of 10 spanks. And yeah, this the the real main event time. This is what I had a gripe with. Go on then. you said, we came back from that last advert break. The final thing going into that break was we've got an update on Hogan. We've got an update on Hogan. He's backstage. He's being tended to. But we've got an update on him. Don't go anywhere. They go into the ad break. It's five minutes of you sat watching Mr. Frosty adverts or whatever the fuck was being sold back then. <laughs> and then, you know, come back. We get the gentle pan up and it's like, okay, and well, you know, next week. That's it. So they promised you the real main event, the real main event, which could have been a real moment for this sexy show to end off with some sweaty muscles and another mm. neck brace. But no, we're out of time. It's, so it got cocktees out of Tense Banks. It's keeping them there to stop them going to Raw and also to, to, to give them a nice lead in for whatever's it's next genius. on TNT. It's absolutely yeah. genius. Like it, 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 I don't know what else to say about it. It's like, we've got something important. No, we don't bite. That, that last ad break in TV in America is always weird because it is like a fade out. And then when you come back, it's just the credits with Electra yeah, scene over the top. Sometimes they do the other one where the, it's diagonal. On the clock, instead of being, you know, we have we have o'clock, quarter past, half past, quarter two. Americans sometimes shift it so it's like ten past or five past, and it's kind of like that. So when like an episode of American Dad ends and the next one's going to begin, it just starts. Yeah, so it goes straight in. So it's like, oh, I'll stay and I'll watch another one. Yeah, so that's that's what that well, was about. That's kind of that. But at the same time, what they'll do is the, the, you'll see WCW as they do this, as it goes on and on and on, because this is mm. going to happen. It's already happened loads, but it's going to continue to happen throughout Nitro where they kind of promise a little thing at the end and it never arrives. But that's why we get there. That's all we got time mm. for, folks. In a while. Bye next week. See you later. That's it. They always want to <laughs> keep you there. Always want to keep you there. Overall thoughts on uh, the fifth, sixth, sexy Nitro. Not as steamy as it should have been. No. No. Especially since you've got, you got cocks. The American the males never got their tops off. Uh, sadly, also from the Observer, the American males have already lost their WCW tag team titles, but we just haven't seen it yet. Scotty, I'm so disappointed. Sorry to end with Marcus, I expected out of you. <laughs> Scott, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. You better get out there and win them back, mate. That's all you'll I'm saying. Get, you'll get a nice sexy rating next week if you do. <laughs> yeah, you win those titles back, mate. You'll get an 11 out of 10. And until we are next fight together, he is at Less Defined on Twitter. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We're out of time! For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from.